0: Help us keep the music going. Welcome to The Music Room, the podcast dedicated to keeping music alive in primary and elementary schools throughout the world. I'm Mark Lee, and I'm passionate about ensuring that schools provide an environment where children are given an opportunity to foster a love for music and have a chance to express it. Together with my guests, we're here to help teachers and parents by sharing information, Tips and techniques from music education experts and practicing music teachers. So, let's get into it. The Music Room Podcast is proudly sponsored by Bushfire Press. Now, to paraphrase Seinfeld, Orff, what's that all about? He was a fellow who created a uh, a thing called the Orff Approach, which sounds a bit like a Robert Ludlum novel, I know, the, the born objective, the Geneva strategy, the Orff approach. But no, 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 it's not, it's not a thriller. It is, in fact, an approach to music education. It's, at its heart, quite simple, but it does have some kind of um, complicated paths to get to that simplicity. You do need to know a few things, and we're going to have a few experts uh, give their views on what, ORF means to them how they see the approach and how they use the approach and also how they adapt the approach. And our first expert, our first special guest, is Tamara O'Brien. Tamara, you've been involved with this gentleman for some years now.
1: Yes, I I had a first encounter with um, learning about (laughs) your work approach uh, in two thousand and one, I think it was with Christoph Malbach. Oh um, yes, of course. In Melbourne, yeah. So I spent some time with him uh, over two years, uh, going down to Melbourne to to learn about, um, you know, this approach. And then from there, I sort of did my levels course in Australia for three and four with uh, Richard Gill and Steve Kalantropio, and then did a summer course in Salzburg two thousand and nine. And uh, moved to the UK for a while, so I had a lovely bit of time with some um, European uh, uh, practitioners. And then uh, I did a masterclass with Steve Calentropio, um, I think it was 2015 or 16, one of those years. And then back in Salzburg last year, so it's been... The, the Steve um, yeah, that was over, in,
0: uh, over somewhere in America with the, was it Stephen Calentropio, was it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was at the George Mason University um and yeah it was yeah it was a wonderful week it was it's, what state uh, is that? last what, uh uh washington state i think oh, okay okay yeah so um well so yeah, you was, must really like
0: time. you must really like this guy, this mr orf <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been um, a long relationship
1: yeah yeah, well was, of course with his colleague gunhild Keatman, I think the two of them have uh, come up with something pretty good, so um you know i'm i'm Happy to carry the torch a bit longer for. Oh, them. That,
0: that's, <laughs> I'm I'm sure he would be very happy about that, and she would be as well because she probably, I think she might have been the spearhead. You know, it might have been Yeah, there, a there's.
1: Yeah, she's she's uh she's the one who did a lot more of the teaching, uh, with the children, and yes. so yeah, it's. Um, I haven't delved a lot into exactly who wrote, wrote what and how it all worked. I know there's other people that have spent. More, um, more of their sort of lifetime studying and researching that. But, uh, yeah, she definitely played a big part. So.
0: But Carl took the credit.
1: Yes, I think so. <laughs> so <laughs> think
0: now, so. Uh, but he didn't actually write a course as such, like, you know, uh, um, do this and then do that and then do something else. He didn't write it like a music course, did he?
1: No. So he wrote a series uh, of uh, books and in these books, if you look at them they're they're just pieces of music so but they're written with a specific um, in a specific way so it's it's it, what what we it was also termed as elemental music. so it's music that really covers the elements of music um, to to be taught to children. so it's not like learning from a symphony or an opera or anything like that. Um, it's it, yeah, music specifically designed with certain rhythms and keys and tonalities and and bits and pieces that. That uh, you know can scaffold um, around children exploring and learning.
0: So, and that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? The exploring, the learning through exploring—that seems to be the exactly. really, really key to the Orf approach. Yeah, yeah,
1: so, very much. So, yeah, if, you, much if so. you
0: take something like a tune or a song or a poem, and mm-hmm. uh, the children, you work with the children to explore all the possibilities. Is that would that be? Yeah, sort of accurate. Yeah,
1: it is. It is very much based on creation and creativity. So it's it's not a uh, an approach to music education that is from a board or from a book. Mm. Um, it's it's very much done by understanding the music internally first, um, and and symbols and and those as you know, music notation is a little bit further down the track. So um, you know, there's a lot of exploration and.
0: Um, you're learning through the uh, learning through the body
1: yep so movement speech singing uh playing uh improvisation is a big key so yeah just a whole lot of um you know we build the scaffolding around so the children are um, able to explore in that sort of comfortable and and safe environment and you know it it just yeah it's it turns down notation so it really gets rid of Anybody who can and can't read music and, and goes down to the building blocks and the elements of music to to explore.
0: So. Okay. Now, look, something else that I sort of think about when I think about ORF is inclusivity. Would that mm-hmm. be... Uh, would, Very much. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah, definitely. So um, this is what else I love about it. For, for a multi-ability classroom, there's, there's a wide range of... Um, a, a, aspects to this approach that um, sort of covers everybody so there's there's more challenging parts there's easier parts everybody's not forced to do the same thing so you can with improvisation you can sort of stop where you feel comfortable or you can go further mm-hmm. if you want to be more challenged so with that creative side of it it's it, it really can be more led by the child in their comfort zone and and where they'd like to feel um, more challenged and so on so okay. yeah def- definitely is good for, for multi-ability classrooms
0: and would it be accurate to say that instead of thinking of the ORF approach as a, um, a bunch of unrelated lessons you approach it more like a unit of work where, where you take something and gradually develop it over a, a number of sessions Yes,
1: definitely. Yep. So, yeah, you, you often have a piece of music that you might cover for a few weeks um, and, you, you know, you're just exploring different parts of it, so you're looking at how to put it together in an ensemble, so learning um, and, and and exploring bass lines, uh, drones, um, melodies, improvisations, you're looking at um, structure, how to put it all together. So it's these sort of basic elements of music that come into um create you know a piece of music that the children have really owned yes so it's yes. you know it's it's lovely it's and, and I think that's what I really like is that you know um uh, it, it certainly as a teacher I'm, I'm not teaching from a board or from a book um you know I'm in there with the children we're creating something and and I, I yeah I really like that so it's it's a it's a wonderful way for children to experience music and
0: what we, What we'll do is uh, in the show notes for this episode we'll include links to um, some videos that will show you using this method uh, mm-hmm. this approach rather to take a piece right through from its very beginning where it's a rhyme mm-hmm. or <clears throat> or a little tune and uh, show how the uh, how you work with the students and they make choices to uh, yep. explore it and in, in the end, put a little bit of a piece together, a little bit of performance together. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lot easier to see that in, in progress and with students than to try and imagine all of this. It, it, must, it must be a bit head-spinning for people who don't know very much about ORF yet. So mm. we, will, we will yeah that for sure. Um, yeah. I've, I've got a couple of other questions. and sure. Let's see. Um, if ORF began in Austria... Do you have to use Austrian tunes and Austrian poems?
1: No, no, definitely not. It's, um, it's quite universal. Uh, it was taken um, to the UK by Margaret Murray, who worked with Karl Orff and Gunhild Keatman, and she did some work with um, BBC Radio and, and various bits and pieces in the UK. And so with that came a translation of a lot of the material. And then once it was translated to English... Um, not that a lot of it has, um, you know, text in in the original volumes, but some of the later ones do. Um, So I think that then opened the door for it to jump into the English-speaking countries, particularly America, and then over here in Australia. Um, So, and from that, because it's so adaptable, you can use um, newer music, you can use traditional folk songs from any countries that you might... Um, like to be learning about at the time so that there's there's so much it can be applied to it's it's really really is versatile and it's it's not restricted to um, german-speaking or austrian-speaking
0: material oh brilliant okay so what about uh what about this pentatonic thing tell us about that
1: uh so um not all of the offshore work um, material is in pentatonic there's 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 a fair bit of it but uh, the beauty about the pentatonic um, music is that you've taken out the semitones. So if you if you think about a major scale, we've taken out the fourth and the seventh note, and they're the notes that um, most people tend to associate as sounding a little bit awkward, um, and they're the ones that probably make people feel a little bit unsure about uh, improvising and lose their confidence. So I tend to take, say to the children, we've taken out the notes that sound a little bit wrong sounding they're not necessarily wrong but we'll take them out and so whatever you play is going to sound good and and the children it's it's absolutely true the pentatonic scale you you really feel like you can't go wrong so um you know it gives the children a lot of confidence in those first few times that they're improvising with a melodic instrument
0: Mm -hmm. to
1: um you know to, to to make a good sound and feel comfortable and confident about it
0: well, I really like that. I really like the idea that I can uh, I can play away and not make a mistake. That's <laughs> 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 I'm, yep, I'm a big yep. fan of the pentatonic scale. All right, we we're going to show that too on the on the video. People will see mm-hmm. uh, how you work with the students, um, with the xylophones, and and mm-hmm. so on to to use the pentatonic scale. Is there anything yep. else you would like to tell us about Mr. Orff and his approach?
1: Um, yeah, I think, think the big thing to think about is it's an approach, not a method. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, so it's so adaptable. So you don't necessarily have to do things in a certain order. So you don't have to do movement first or speech first or anything like that when you're introducing a piece of music or, or when the children are improvising, you know, it's, it, it's highly interchangeable. So it's, um, you know, it's just a, a way of, of doing it using, using the, you know, key elements of you know exploration improvisation all that sort of stuff so yeah that's that's probably a biggie I guess and I find that important when I'm teaching to remember that that you know I might have one piece of music that I've taught one way to one class or one grade and I could teach it a different way with another class because yeah, okay. you know we can change it around and still still have a similar journey not the same journey but find different things about it so
0: all right, well, look, we might, we'll might we we'll have other chats about ORF with yourself and other ORF practitioners over, over the time, but mm. we might leave that there today. Go to the show notes, uh, listener, and you will uh, be directed to some video of Tamara putting into practice what she has been mm. about today. Um, you'll also see um, the recipe for the week, which this week comes from Verdi. It's a recipe for a ham shoulder which she sent to uh, the soprano Teresa Stoltz uh, when she premiered the title role in his masterpiece, Aida. I think this is a fabulous recipe because there's almost nothing to do. It's so simple. you just got to have a few hours to wait, but it's a really foolproof recipe for ham shoulder. And we will leave you with a quote today. This one does not come from Richard Gill, whom uh, Tamara mentioned earlier amongst a, a, a star-studded cast of, of off-aficionados, part of it forms the title of Richard Gill's autobiography. His autobiography was called Give Me Excess of It, and I've always, I was wondering where on earth that came from. It comes from William Shakespeare, and the full quote is, If music be the food of love, play on. Give me excess of it that's surfeit, the appetite may sicken and so die i'm not quite sure about that last part but he sure wants plenty of music and the late richard gill gave us plenty of music goodbye tomorrow goodbye thank you for joining the music room podcast with me mark leahy for show notes and other resources please visit us at musicroom.net.au and while you're there Subscribe to future episodes so that you can help us keep the music going. I'd love to invite you to join the free Bushfire Press Community Facebook page too, where you can get more tips and techniques, ask questions and stay abreast of music room events. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with teaching colleagues and school parents. If you have a question or a subject you'd like covered on the podcast, or have a recommendation for a guest to interview, please contact me at mark at bushfirepress.com. The Music Room Podcast is part of the Experts on Air podcast network and is brought to you by Bushfire Press.